Good day, Mr. Claywell. Hello, Mr. Ham. How are you? I hope you're feeling better. I am feeling quite a bit better. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, working in the Petri dish that I do, I, I think I contracted a little something. I, I, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it, it was bad enough. Flu is not fun. Uh, so I hear. Uh, so far, uh, fortunately, I'm not gonna like be loud, but uh, knock wood. I don't think I've ever had the flu. I don't want to find out how bad no. it is myself. Honestly, it's not fun. Not fun. Uh, it doesn't sound like it would be fun at all. No. But I'm I'm on the mend now, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, of still course. have the congestion and stuff. So I apologize ahead of time if I sound funny. Like, not funny haha, but funny like... Oh, well, I was going to say, we want to entertain our, our <laughs> listeners out there, so sounding funny is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, not funny like that, though. But, okay. Uh, so, yes, um, as soon as I can get rid of all of that, I'll be like 100% again, and I'm good to go. Oh, we're glad to hear that. Yes, yes. Oh, and something else, an, an update. You know, uh-huh. I all of the issues that I had back in the fall, like late summer, fall with medical everything. Right. Um, no more bracelet. No more blood thinner. Oh, well, that's good. Yes, I'm off of that stuff now. Yay! <laughs> so Awesome. Yes, I, I, I'm very, very happy about that. Well, I don't want to share too much out of school because it's not, my, not really my news. It's kind of my news, but um, my stepdad, yeah? Terry, uh, is going to be having a procedure done. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because he's having a lot of... Knee issues I, I actually, recently. Yeah, so. I, I actually spoke to your mom through Facebook the other day, and she was talking about some of the issues that was going on with him, and and yeah. we, we kind of bounced back and forth because she, she she was like, "You've been here, so what's he's going to have a little more of a procedure than what I had?" Right. But I think they're, I think they were talking about doing the same thing they did to you, and then just a few other things as well. If they can, uh, that's what she was telling me the last. Right. Thing. She's like, "If they can do it, and it be that simple, then great. If not." Well, that's based on the preliminary results. That's what they're looking at right now is Good. just what, what they did to your knee, whatever the, to yeah. smooth it off a little bit, mm-hmm. they're going to do that. And then just like a, a few other little things, like a partial something. Yeah. Partial replacement or something yeah, on one go. side, I think yeah. is what they were talking about. Um, so hopefully that gets him fixed up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause she, the way, from the way she was, uh, she was talking, she said the, the poor guy, he'll go down to the shop for a couple of hours. Then he's down for like a day and a half, but because, yeah. and I, I feel his pain. I know exactly where he's coming from. So, um, yeah, I hope it works out good for you, Terry. I can't wait. If it works out great, I can't wait to talk to you and see what it's like on the other side. Because for me, it's been awesome. Right. Well, <laughs> we hope it is. Uh, and uh, hopefully they get him taken care of so we can get some scooter riding in this spring. No doubt. I so. am hoping to be able to get some of that in this year. Yeah. Like my, I had to replace the battery in mine the other day. Um, went ahead and bought one cause my battery had set so long that it just a yeah. uh, cell died. So yeah. I'm um, looking this year, getting new tires and a new battery for mine. So. Yeah. I need to do a new rear tire for mine. Um, cause I, I needed to do a new rear tire for, tire for mine like year before last. Right. But I have not ridden, <laughs> so it's like no, well, you know, no need to spend the money. No if need I'm not going to spend the money yeah. if I'm not going to ride it. So. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then here lately, of course, you can't ride anyway because oh it's gosh. been coming down precipitation every day for like the last I don't know what six and a half years. It feels like seems like it. I mean, if in, I think the people that have the the bass boats are are happy right now because I mean that's the way they're getting to back and forth to the store. Yeah, they run down <laughs> run down to the grocery in their bass boat and come back. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh! I even had uh, last night. I was up late, late on flood watch because there was some water 
starting to come back in the basement again. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, it was never to the point where I had to take action. Uh, it was just kind of, you could see it starting to seep in around the edges. Right. But it never was enough that I had to like break out the vacuum or good, good, uh, good, good. Go to go to work or anything. Uh, but but I think it, finally about three three thirty this morning, something like that. I finally, wow. Finally said, okay, I don't think it's gonna. It's it's flood. done what it's gonna do. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because it had stopped raining at that point for a couple of hours. Yeah, and I was because. I mean, there's always a lag. So I know, okay, even if it stops raining, there's still going to be water running right. for a while. So I stayed up for probably about an hour after it stopped raining just to keep an eye. And then uh, finally, it's about 3, 3.30, something like that this morning. I was like, okay, I don't think it's going to flood. I've, I've got, I got a little damp I'm going to have to deal with, but I've got like four box fans down there, a wide open and the yeah. dehumidifier and... So you you were you were curbing it before it got out of hand. Trying to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we went over to um, I, last week. I had to take one day off to go back to the doctor yet again, um, and it was on the twentieth, um, whatever day that was. And we drove down to Burnside Island just to maybe go down and see what, like what the dock and stuff looked like. Right. They had all of that shut down. Like when you got to the point where you could go up to the golf course or head over to the boat ramp, right. they had the the road blocked there going to the boat ramp. So we just went up on up to the golf course, turned around and came back. Um, and just as soon as you cross the causeway to the left, there's that little gravel um, parking lot that's I, that used to be the beach is what they'd call it. That was right there. Um, and we drove down into that. Well, I saw pictures this morning where the water is up over the causeway now. At Holy the lake, cow. and um, all of that where we were driving is now underwater. So it's insane. We've meet we've met new records um, as far as uh, water height in Cumberland Falls. the The record had been set in 1984. I want to say it like a, a 754 point something feet, and we are well above that now, like by a couple of feet. Um, wow! So, I saw that somewhere. Uh, this morning, I think. Yeah, it's 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 insane. I mean, it's it's unprecedented. This the the amount of water that's that's here right now. It's it's crazy. And I've seen, everybody's been posting, of course, like the drone footage and the pictures and things like that of Cumberland Falls. That is no longer a falls. It's just a class four rabbit at this point. And it's <laughs> right? yeah, it's it's insane. Um, yeah, I've seen some aerial photos. Uh, the same gentleman that took them a couple of years ago when it flooded right. went back with the drone again and took some more. He went down to PC Park too. Oh yeah, it's there's an and, island down there now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they, like normally the bottom down there where you can go down and drive around. I think the campground and all that kind of stuff is kind of in the bottom there. Mm-hmm. Is now there's an island and all of the roads are underwater. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. It is crazy. It is crazy. But I'm hoping to get a few good dry days ahead of us here. Um, that's kind of what they're talking about, at least until close to the weekend. Um, we are on schedule yet again to hopefully get trusses put on. I don't know if it'll happen or not. Right now, the basement at my house, my new house, is a lake. I mean, it's Ooh. it's holding water quite well, but um, it's okay. It, it'll dry. <laughs> I mean, but um, yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane. Um, yeah. I'm I'm ready for dry weather. I don't care if it's like a month or two of dry weather. They start talking drought. I'll be like, thank you. <laughs> oh, you and me both, dude. I'm so sick of water and rain. Like 
last night, I'm telling you, like, like, like I said, like I said, I was down there until three, three thirty in the morning, just yeah. stressed to the max. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's, you have like your houses, that's your castle, right? You do not want the moat inside. You want it on the outside. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I was so just so completely stressed. I mean, you, you, you helped me deal with it last time it happened. Right. And it's like, I just don't know what I would do, man. It's, ah, there's only one thing you can do. Vacuum it up, move it out. <laughs> I mean, that's all you can really do. Uh, yeah, I know. I just, uh, it's so frustrating. It so is. So frustrating. It is. It is. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, um, you know, with the weather the way it's been, um, this weather or this winter has just kind of been a, a I don't know, I want to say it's the last episode when we were talking about depression and things like that in the yeah. winter. I kind of have started feeling some of that. I got in that kind of a lull. Oh, man, I'm telling you. And I was like, you know, this is not good. Not good at all. So well, actively trying to get out and do things and, and, and be around people. Last night went and played. Um, of course, I'm uber nerd. I still, I'm 40, almost 41 years old, and I still play uh, tabletop dice game, like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, stuff like that. So I uh, went last night and played, um, hung out with the guys for a while. That was that was good where we've been sick myself my wife uh penelope not so much but the two of us well that's good yeah at least the baby was yeah good. she's she's been pretty good um the two of us have been kind of battling back and forth with you know upper respiratory or flu and all that kind of stuff it's just we've not been able to get out and be around people so it was it was like uh, just getting to be out now is nice Oh, so. yeah, man, I'm telling you. And then, you know, you're talking about the last episode, talking about the seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. I Somebody actually gave me one of the little daylight lamps. Really? Yeah, awesome. I've got it How, sitting back. Does it work or does it seem like it works? I've only had an uh, opportunity to sit down in front of it one time Yeah, right now. I just got it. Um, and you're supposed to do it for 30 minutes. Oh, okay. So... I haven't had time to sit and it's, and it's the one I've got small. I'll right. show it to you later, but it's small and it just sits on your desk and you just turn it on and sit in front of it for about 30 minutes. It says right a day. Uh, so I, I've only had a chance to use it once. So I can't really tell, but well, I mean, Hey, give it a try, right? Oh yeah. I'm going to give yeah. it a try for sure. Especially with the deluge that's been happening out here. It's, <laughs> That's what I said this morning whenever um, I got up, went in, made a pot of coffee, you know, got the kids some breakfast. And, and I was like, you know what? Everything is coming open this morning because the sun was actually shining. So I was it was like curtains open, blinds open, doors open. Everything was open to let a little bit of sunshine in the house. Just kind of, you know, I don't know, just clear the darkness for a while. <laughs> it's <Right>? crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So we got nothing around here to look at but rain-saturated ground and clouds. Amen. So what do you say we get away from all this blah and uh, talk about something pretty? I think that sounds nice. Sounds very nice. All right. Like I, 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 We'll take like a, a, a picturesque t- a trip in our minds. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's healthy thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like to think so. Uh, and... So a couple of things, I don't know, it's it's a little strange transition that we're going to make, I'm sure, but there are a few places, uh, most of you that know me know that I like to get out and take photos, landscapes more than anything else, really. And they are beautiful every well, time. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. 
And so there's a few sites here that I think just caught my eye. It's places I've seen pictures of uh, over the years that I was just like, wow, that's really cool. And and a lot of these are just, uh, some of them are man-made, but most of these are just like natural phenomena. Right. And just nature's beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the first one that I just really think is just fascinating uh, is this place called the Eternal Flame Falls. It's in New York. Okay. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where it's at, uh, but I just know it's in New York State somewhere. Right. Uh, there's some photos you can look up. Ask your smart speaker. It can tell you where it's at. <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. Uh, but, I did that without triggering one, dude. I did it. Yeah. Well, and you did it without being specific to a brand also. Exactly. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Because uh, we fall under different camps on that, by the way. We do. Yes, yeah. we do. <laughs> you went you went with the G and I went with the A. Yes, you, yeah, this is very true. <laughs> and nobody nobody went with Cortana. No, no, <laughs> not at all. She's been dropped. Uh, <laughs> She's got a weird name. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should have renamed her. But so to me, what this place is, uh, I don't know the right words, but to me, the, the falls itself is like a stair step falls. Okay. It's not like a big drop falls right. like Cumberland Falls. It's more of just a cascading stair step yes. kind of a look. Uh, but what just it's called the Eternal Flame Falls. And the reason for that is there is a natural gas fissure, I guess. Yeah. Un, in the rock that forms the bed of the creek. That's cool. And somebody at some point has lit the gas escaping from the fissure on fire and it continues to burn. That's that is pretty awesome. Underneath a waterfall. See, that's what makes it even better. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like literally the two things that should not go together, water and fire, and here you can find them coexisting. Yeah. So you can look in the in the photos if you look it up. Uh well, I'll put links uh but on the on the group page on the Facebook uh page, but you can look at the photos of this thing and there's just it's this gorgeous like cascading stair step waterfall. And then behind the water, you can just see a flame burning back in a little recess where the, the step above overhangs a bit. Yeah. And then the flame is tucked kind of up under there. So the water is not directly on the flame, but it's just, it's, I mean, we're talking close proximity. Oh yeah. 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 We just, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's hard to tell from the photo, but yes, it looks very close. That's cool. It's just kind of the flames are tucked back under a little rock overhang a bit. And you got the water flowing down over top of it. That is really, I, I, I would love to see something like that myself. I'd like right. to go in and I, I like you. I like to take photos of like the landscape things. And especially when you find something that's a little bit out of the ordinary like that. And that's yeah. very out of the ordinary. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's very cool. So this uh, was at one point was considered a, a very obscure attraction. But, of course, you know, thanks to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all these kind of social media places. Nothing stays obscure. <laughs> right. Uh, it's it's very much picked up uh, popularity. It's also uh, the there's, you know, because of all that. And this is the thing. So this is something else that kind of sparked me on looking at this stuff was recently I saw an article talking about this kind of thing. And this is an example of one of those places where this was an obscure 
kind of thing that not too many people knew about. And it started getting posted on Instagram and the Facebook and right. Twitter and all these other places. And more and more people wanted to come and see this, this phenomenon. phenomena. Yeah. And so I saw an article recently that there are places now in the world, uh, that actively like there's parks and things that actively have signs that say, please don't tag us. Oh, really? So, so that way it stays kind of a hidden treasure, right? They don't want you to geotag. They don't want you to use GPS coordinates. They don't want you to say like, you know, hashtag eternal flame falls, hashtag whatever city this is in chestnut Ridge park. Yeah. New York, like they basically they, say, if, you know, we would rather find people or let people just kind of discover us on their own. Yeah. Or if you want to share the photo, that's fine. It, you know, we understand that it's a, a unique thing mm-hmm. and people want to see it, but just don't tag where it is. So we're not inundated right. with all this foot traffic. Uh, so uh, one of the things that says in this article about the falls here is the increase in the popularity has had several negative impacts to the area, such as increases in litter, vandalism, pollution, uh, the, the, the creek bed around say, just is being traffic. eroded, is being eroded by heavy foot traffic. Yeah. Uh, there's even been, uh, people are trying to, uh, have successfully pushed to have some of the forest area around it cleared for like parking to get closer I, to I it. Guess, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Uh, so, but yeah, I just, that's just, uh. I thought it was really pretty and unique, and this is one of the ones where I saw that the people had, you know, put there. There was some push back and forth between people, you know, wanting to publicize it and get it popular, and other people saying, "Let's let this be a hidden treasure, right, of our area." Right. And I think that's an interesting conversation too. Is just you got all these beautiful places, and I love seeing this stuff, and I would like to go take photos of it, you know, maybe at some point, but I don't want to be the you know, I try to be conscious when I go to places like this. Like we went to Red River Gorge and I've been to the Cumberland Falls and I'll, you know, and I know what they're talking about. Like, dude, last year we went to Cumberland Falls uh, early in the season and it was so bad with litter oh, and yeah. just trash, like under the falls, under the observation decks, in right. the water. Probably, if I had to guess, I would estimate four to five hundred two liter, twenty ounce two liter bottles. Oh yeah, cans, just, just so much trash, and it's it's disgraceful. And it I is. don't understand why people have to be like that. I mean, this is a, a beautiful natural thing. How hard is it for you to carry your trash to the trash can? I'm I'm twenty gonna, feet away. I, I am going to make a plug here for a, a group that. Um, I've started seeing more, and I've, I've known about these guys now for a while. Um, it at least a few months, if not maybe even a year, a, a, a year or a little better. Um, the the group for Ocean um, that I, they do a lot of ocean cleanup. That's kind of what they do: uh, beach cleanup, ocean cleanup. They're really um, they're really focused on plastics in nature. In in that's that's ended up in everything. I mean, they're everywhere. Um, these guys are really doing some good work to try to clean up some of the natural and they're, they're more focused to ocean and beach, um, um, areas, but still anywhere that we go, if you see something, 
pick it up, throw it away. That's that's easy thing to do. I mean, these guys, of course, they'll take donations and things like that. And the plastics that they are uh, pulling out of the ocean, if you do donate to them, they'll send you one of the little you know the little rubber band type bracelet things that has their logo on it, um, and it's made from the plastics that they've pulled out, so it's recycled. So that way, they're reusing it, you know, for something that. You know, oh, okay, so, like the like the you know, the little rubber band like things, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, okay. The what well, live strong is the only one I can think that's, of, yeah. That's I know that's kind of a disgraceful organization <laughs> well, now, yeah, but I, it's you know what I'm talking about, right? That's, right, right. Um, or sorry, disgraced organization, yeah, yeah. Um, so they do a lot of good work in on the coastlines and, and in the oceans with that kind of thing, so um. If I don't know of anyone around, like specifically around here, that would that would do that, you know, in our natural parks and things like that, other than just the rangers and the the crews that come and work in it. But I mean, this is something that we all can do. You know, if you see something out there, pick it up, throw it away. It's it's that simple. Or yeah. just don't throw it on the ground to start with. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, God, what is the saying? Take, I, I like to take, take only memories nah, and leave only footprints yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I like to say, you know, leave a place better than I left, than I, than I went to. Like if I, I whenever I was renting places, mm-hmm. I always did repairs. Um, like I would move into a place. It would be acceptable for anyone to, to move into. And then I would upgrade things and never expecting any kind of return. Just I'm living here. I see there's an issue. I'm going to fix it or I'm going to do something better. And, I always have tried to do that. So anywhere I'm at, I like to to do that. Even if it's just out wandering around, I, you see something, pick it up and throw it away. You know? Yeah. It's so, not hard. Not hard at all. But yeah, you're right. It is sad that that our natural our national parks, state parks, all of that kind of stuff is it, it's becoming kind of trashy because people are not. Well, and because there's nobody working there because they keep getting furloughed. But, you know, whatever. I wasn't going to go there. But (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that where we are, our senator was pushing for something about or one of our senators was pushing for something about part of the Daniel Boone National Forest um, being sold? I did see that. And I I, I I'm completely against it, but I understand where he's coming from a little bit. I mean, yeah, this is because it was specifically targeted for your home area. Yeah, I know. I know. And dude. Down there, there's there definitely needs some there's some intervention that needs to happen. Well, the so the the claim the claim with that is okay. So for people that don't know, Rand Paul, our uh, Kentucky U.S. Senator, senator yeah, from Bowling Green, from Bowling Green, had tried to push legislation through that would allow uh, somebody. I'm not exactly sure who was going to benefit from this sale, but they were going to allow. It was basically the a sale, sale of part of the Daniel Boone, southern part, part of the, and part Daniel. of the Daniel Boone National Forest. Yeah, uh, I, I, well, it's a national forest, so I don't know who the money would go to if they sold it. I guess is what I'm saying. But the reason they were trying to do this is because McCree County, which is just south of where we are here in Pulaski, uh, the majority of that county is Daniel Boone National Forest, which really limits industry. It it, it limits yeah, exactly the, yeah it, it limits growth in that area right. So I can see on one hand, if we at least free up some of this land for it to be developed. Right. I can, I can, so I can see where they're trying to come from, but that's also a slippery, slippery, slippery slope. It is very much so. And it's going to be no time at all before they're buying like every public, every piece of public yep. parks that was established by could Teddy Roosevelt be, is yep. going to be yep, up could, for sale. Yep. I mean, 
So it's one of those things where, I mean, there there's benefit and there's loss right. on each, each side. And, and I can, like I said, I can understand where it's coming from. McCree County is, I think, one of the no, poorest. The, the poorest well, in the country. In the nation. I thought there was one in uh, they hold, Mississippi. That I was, think they hold the top. The The latest poll was oh, okay, that number okay. one. The McCreary County, Kentucky is the poorest, which is terrible because oh, it's yeah. so yeah. beautiful down there. Um, it, anyone that loves to hike, anyone loves to fish, anyone loves to hunt, anyone that loves to uh, bike, anyone that loves to rock climb, any of that, it's there. And it's yep. free to go and do. <laughs> But it's, it's not advertised. Land. I mean, it is not advertised at all. It is so, I don't know, it's like a wasted opportunity. The, the whole county is like a wasted opportunity. And that's sad to say because, I, I mean, I love my old county. But it's Oh, yeah, just, it's, it's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, a, it was a wonderful place to grow up. But because it is so underdeveloped, there's no way I would want to go back. So. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. But anyway, sorry, okay. we got distracted. Yes, it's easy, it, we, it, we, it's easy to sidetrack. So, uh, so that anyway, the 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 Eternal Flame Falls is one of the places I would like to see. Another one that I would really like to go see, and this one's really famous. Like I'm, it, everybody's seen this, I'm sure. But the Grand Prismatic Spring, oh yes, Hot Springs in yep. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Uh, it, if you don't know, it's just it's it's kind of a circular pool. I, if if you don't it's, know, you definitely need, need to, to ask your yeah, smart just, speaker to to display or your phone or something to yeah, add. just look it up it uh, is so beautiful. you can see it. It's, it's gorgeous. The the colors in it go from yellow to orange to this just light blue to this just deep deep beautiful blue color. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really aware of this. It is the third largest spring on the planet. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I did didn't not know that. Know that. Wow. Uh, the water is scalding hot mm-hmm. because of Yellowstone. Right. Kind of sitting it's, on a super volcano and such. It's deeper than a 10-story building. Wow. It's 121 feet deep. Huh. Uh, it's that, That's cool. Its diameter is 370 feet. Yeah. Which is just slightly bigger than a standard football field. Well, I, like so, I said, I, I had no, I mean, I'd seen pictures of it, but I really never saw anything beside it for yeah. scale. So, yeah, I mean, because it's always like an aerial shot. Right. So you can see all the colors of the water. But uh, the, the, the reason it gets the colors <clears throat> is because there are different species of thermophile bacteria that live in the water. And as the water goes away from the center, it gets cooler. Oh, yeah. So the sense. different species of bacteria that live in the cooler water are different colors. Are different colors, and they make the water turn a different color. <clears throat> that so, is really cool, right? That's that's uh, kind of neat. Uh, yeah, that is really yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> like I'd seen pictures of it, and I always wondered. I thought it, there was possibly some sort of an acidic something that's going on there with it being a hot spring and all of that. I'd never really thought about it being a you know, a microbe of, of some kind in the, in the water. I, I hadn't either, but yeah, it's, it's a microbe and I'm just learning this, uh, that microbe that they discovered living in those extremely hot waters has in the years since their discovery led to major medical and scientific advances, uh, including partially to the sequencing of the entire human genome. Oh, wow. That is very cool. And it's helped NASA understand different 
life capabilities for extremes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's helped them kind of understand extremophiles a little better. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is really neat. That's cool. That is cool. All right, so I'll hit one here real quick. Yeah. Um, and this is one that, that it's not here in the States, but I, I think that it's one of those places on, on Earth that um, – they, it's kind of tucked away. Not a lot of people think, or I don't want to say not a lot of people know about it. They, there's a lot of people that do know about these, but um, not a lot of people, at least in our circle or in my circle, that have gotten to go and actually visit these. Um, and there's over 6,000 of them just on this area, one area in um, southern Mexico on the Yucatan Peninsula. And these are the cenotes of, of the Yucatan. Um, they're effectively almost like caves or sinkholes that are filled with water. And it is like another world in them. Um, if you ask your phone or whatever to show you some pictures of cenotes, it is unbelievable to, to, to see. Now, obviously, with it being filled with water, um, to really experience them, you would need to be under the water. So you need to dive, and you need to have someone that's experienced guiding you because getting lost in a cenote means you don't come back and that's not a good thing. <laughs> so, and this is why you don't cave dive. This is why you don't cave dive. Right. But these things are awesome. The, the ones that people are exploring and they, they actually will take, like there are guides that will take you and let, and like divers can go into them. They'll, they light them and things like that to where you can oh, see. Okay. Um, they, they are unbelievably beautiful. Um, there was one in uh, specifically that I, I saw a, a video just a few days ago about. Um, and as the divers were going um, through the cave there, they came upon this. Uh, it's, it's it's a cloud, effectively, is what it looked like. Now, it was below them, so it was wait, almost wait, like I, fog, okay, like in the water. I, now, wait, how do you wait. get a cloud underwater? Uh, that's kind of what I thought. Because I mean, like whenever we, whenever they were showing this, the video of it, I was like, "That is weird. That's that's strange." And what it is is, it's actually it's an it's um, it is a hydro sulfuric acid cloud. So it's Ooh, that sounds fun. It doesn't it though. Um, and they say, don't mess with these things. Um, where the acid is heavier than the water, it settles to the bottom and it's cloudy. So it looks like a cloud. It looks like fog. Um, but you can swim like right over top of it and you're fine. It's long as you don't mix it, basically stir it up. Um, and it looked like you were effectively like floating through the air above this cloud, but you were in water. It was really, really cool. Um, huh. Now, the Aztec, of course, thought these things were uh, openings to the other world, like to uh, to the afterlife. And they did a lot of burial and things like that in these. So, I mean, as you're swimming through these, it's not uncommon to see human remains in there, bone and, and or possibly uh, pottery or offerings and things like that to these gods that they thought lived in these cenotes. And... Um, they are they are documenting, you know, how the the Aztec lived, based on what they find in these cenotes and um, the oldest skeleton. I, I want to say the oldest one of the oldest humanoid skeletons that was discovered. Um, they call her Eva was found in one of these cenotes, and it was almost a complete skeletal skeleton of this woman that lived um, and. Like she is resetting the what we kind of know of how long humans have been walking on Earth because she predates 
what we what we supposed to know of all of this. So, but they found her underwater. They did in the, this acid stuff. They no 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 not in the acid stuff. The acid stuff was just in one location. Oh okay yeah, yeah, okay. No, in these other cenotes, like in all of these, the, the, most of them are just um, either fresh or, or most of them are fresh water. They're not um, salt water. Um, oh okay and, okay. I was like, how did bones survive for thousands of years in acid? Yeah, I was, no, okay, okay. No, that, that, that's just in like certain very, very small parts of, of these. And it's it's just, it's random that you'll find something okay. like that. But, All right. but no, most of these are just freshwater pool underwater or underground. And um, they're, they're they, I mean, they look magical. They're, it's pretty awesome stuff that, that, that you find out in there. Hmm. Um, Sounds terrifying to it, me, but okay. <laughs> but it looks beautiful. <laughs> um, that video, I, it's like after seeing the video, I was like, I want to go learn how to dive and I want to go. <laughs> And I'm claustrophobic. And I thought, man, that looks awesome. You're a braver man than I am. I tell you that. <laughs> what is that fine line they say? Fine line between bravery and stupidity. I've heard that before. Yeah. 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 So I don't know which which line uh, side of that line I would fall on, but I think it would be really neat. I think it looked really cool. I, I wouldn't mind looking at images of it. I don't think I would want to experience it firsthand. <laughs> <clears throat> The the fellow that I was watching, um, like of course it's the Yucatan, so we're talking right on the equator. It's hot. The it, right. like, he was there in the middle of summer, and it was like a hundred degrees, hundred and three degrees, something like that. And he was like, you know what? If I can find one of these cenotes, I'm just jumping in. And sure enough, like right in the middle of one of the little towns, right outside of, um, um, not Tulum. What's the other one? Uh, Chichen Itza. Um, Right outside Chichen Itza, he was like, in the middle of the town, there's a cenote, and they're like, yeah, you can just go to it if you want to. And people were like swimming, and like, oh, it was nice. like okay. a swimming pool, like, you know, in the middle of town for them. And I was like, that's pretty awesome. Um, but this was kind of where the, 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 the people of Yucatan, the Aztec, got their fresh water. So, because, I mean, you look across oh, the okay. jungle, there's not a whole lot of stream that's right. in that area. So, pretty neat stuff. Pretty neat stuff. Right. That sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, the last one I've got that I think just caught my eye, this one, uh, this one is not naturally occurring. It is a man-made thing, but I had seen this image before. Right. I had known that it was not CG. Like I knew this was a oh, real yeah. thing. Okay. I mistakenly thought it was Thor's well, which is off the coast of Oregon, I believe somewhere. Okay. So I was looking when we, when I was thinking about talking about this stuff, I was <laughs> looking that up, trying to find that. And it is not Thor's well. Okay. Thor's well looks nothing like this. I just had it in my head that that's what it was. Nope. Wrong. Uh, so I kept looking and finally found this place. It's a man-made phenomenon, but it is water based. Okay. Uh, there is a dam in Napa County, Napa County, California. Um, it's on Puta Creek in the Baca Mountains. It's the seventh largest man-made lake in California that this dam created. And the reservoir that the dam made is what supplies agricultural water to the Sacramento Valley uh, downstream from it. But the reason that this is in my head is like most the, the dams I've seen around here all use little gates, right? That That's they open and close specifically to specifically gate dams. Yeah. That they yeah. open and close to 
let the water control the water levels. Right. Uh, this dam, the Monticello Dam, uh, however, uses a a, a <laughs> the water level control mechanism. I can't yeah. even think of the like, way to say that, but so, whatever. Yeah, uh, is a morning glory spillway is okay. what they're called. So basically, what it is is they built a concrete tube that sits that that like that goes. Hor- it's like it comes. It it's got a hole in the dam lower down. Okay, and this big concrete tube attaches to that hole and comes up to the top of the water. Okay. And if the water ever goes above that tube, it just goes down in the tube and out the dam. Okay. So, so instead okay, of having so basically a gate, what you're saying is, is there's, there is a horizontal tube that's attached to the dam right. and then a vertical tube attached to that tube. So it's almost like an L shape. Yeah. Goes up to the top of the water. Yep. And, okay. And, and it's basically like the overflow valve in your toilet. Okay. If you want to think yeah. about it like that. Okay. So if the water ever goes above that tube, it just spills down inside the tube and out the dam. Instead of having <laughs> gates that open and close, it's just a it's a fixed, a fixed spillway. It's a fixed point that if the water ever gets above this level, it will automatically drain. Okay. Okay. But while this is stuck in my head, this concrete tube is 72 feet across. Okay, that's a big hole. That's a giant hole. And when the water goes above it, you've got this 72-foot perfectly round hole that water just disappears into. Okay. And so that's what, the image that's stuck in my mind is because it's a perfectly circular hole. Okay, so I've got, just, I've got a qu- couple of questions. Yeah. Okay, so the first question is, mm-hmm. when the water level rises, I don't know if you've looked this up or, or if you've done the research to, to know this, do they allow boaters anywhere close to this thing? Uh, I would assume they never allow people close to it. Okay, I was going to say, because 72 feet, how far down does this thing go? Um, It doesn't say how long the tube is. Like the drop on the inside? Yeah, it doesn't say. The dam itself is 304 feet tall. Well, you can imagine then. It's got to be so, somewhere around at minimum, we'll say 200, 200 to yeah. 250. Probably. Because you're going to have uh, like a flood level, of course, that it's going to be able to. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Yeah. Wow. So, I yeah. mean, you, you literally, if you were to go off the edge of this thing, you are falling into the abyss. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to look right now. You know what? There's I a think lot of, of numbers here. I, 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 what I think of, and this is because I have been watching a lot of Disney because of my little girl, of course. She's been right. watching um, the one with Maui in it. And oh, they Moana. Go, yeah, Moana. And um, so that whenever they go to the land of the 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 um, the monster realm, that's what that reminds me of. Like whenever he opens the top of this mountain and he jumps in, and like you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah and you hear him like he's like, Whoa! yeah, and then you hear, I'm still falling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's I mean. Yeah, that's what I think of whenever if somebody goes off the edge of that thing. I mean, that's a long way down. Yeah, it's a long way down. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I just watched Moana for the first time ever last night. Really, yeah. it's good, isn't it? It it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that one. I liked. Uh, I liked that he did a haka. Yes. Yeah, there's a when couple he of times re- he does, does that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but when he's getting ready to fight the big lava, yeah, I can't remember the dude's yeah. name. Yeah. He's on the boat and he's doing the yeah he, the haka. he gets he gets on and he like, gets yeah. into it <laughs> yeah I was like yeah that's cool man yep 
Yeah, that's it. It's a really good movie. I've watched it many, 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 many times to the point that Penelope is now like able to sing along with some of the songs. So, oh. yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. I'm trying. Yeah. I can't find anything in here that tells about how deep it is and stuff. Yeah, it's seventy-two feet in diameter. Yeah, uh, it narrows to twenty-eight feet at the exit. Huh. It can drain. Okay, it doesn't say gallons. I was looking for gallons. It can drain forty-eight thousand four hundred cubic feet per second of water. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, holy uh, forty, moly. F- basically fifty thousand cubic feet of water a second. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, oh, it does say right here: swimming anywhere near the glory hole. It, and, and I'm sorry, that's just what they call it. <laughs> it's well, prohibited. I mean, it is. It is a glory hole spillway, so I guess that's why they call it that. Yeah. Uh, but in 1997, a woman uh, actually was killed when she got caught in the current and swept down the tube. Wow. Not cool. Not cool. Mm-mm. I mean, it's one of those things like, like I say, it would be really cool to see it from like a drone <laughs> as you're yeah, standing yeah. off right and, and that's And that's what I had seen it for is like a, a helicopter or drone shot of it. And it is. It's just this perfectly circular hole in a large body of water. Right. Where the water, it just looks like, it looks like you pulled a bathtub plug out of a bathtub and the water just makes that little funnel. Yeah. Except it's perfectly round and it's just. <sighs> Dude, that's anyway, crazy. That's really cool. That is crazy. That's 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 one of those places that ah wow I, I mean I would love to see it like I say from a distance but yeah yeah wow okay all right so I actually was looking um I, I was gonna I, I'm I made I'm gonna talk a little bit about another place and of of course this is the Yucatan for me is one of those places that just it's very very picturesque whenever I was there a few years ago just the coastline is is beautiful the the people there were super super friendly it was a really 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 good place to be and um of course you get to see a lot of things that we don't have around here and one of the the things that i that i thought was beautiful that um up here we don't really think a whole lot about is the the pyramids down there i mean you got chichen itza it's just one of the largest pyramids in right and those are those world. are mostly step pyramids right yes okay and then there was the one that actually went to um tulum which is right on the coast and these things are like you know 2000 to 2500 years old and they're still standing today which is a testament to these people that that built them um especially considering some of the detail that that is still seen in them is unbelievable and um, that is one of the most picturesque places that I think I've ever been to. It's just simply because, I mean, if you love the, if you if if you like anything to do with the beach, the Caribbean, any of that, it has like a little bit of everything. There's cliffs that's beautiful. It goes right down to the shore. There's white sand beaches. Um, it's I mean, it's it's kind of like anything and everything that you would want from the ocean in this one area. And then you have these two thousand year old, um, you know monuments and and ruins that are left of this civilization that was huge so i think that if if i could go back to a place that i've been to before just to go visit and walk around again tulum is definitely one of those places um they had in in tulum there's multiple buildings but the largest is a um it's a step pyramid to 
I can't remember the god that they worshipped there, but it was like the god of one of the gods of the sea. And from the pyramid, if you look out to sea, you can see a barrier reef that forms along the coast, probably somewhere around half mile off the coast. And directly in line with the, uh, the, the pyramid, there's a gap in that barrier reef, um, which according to their culture, it, that was the spot where the God came in from the ocean, from the sea to come in. And there is one of those um, um, cenotes that is actually inside the pyramid in the bottom of it. And there, it's a tunnel that leads all the way down to the ocean and leads out into the ocean. And that's how the God would get into this temple that they, where they would do their worship. It's a pretty amazing place. And, um, I would love to get to go back there and, and walk around and, and see all that again and, and actually spend some, you know, a couple or three hours there rather than the, the 45 minutes that you get to go there with a the little tour guide because, all right. yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah, that was one of the greatest places that I think I've ever been. And then I was just looking here at some of these, um, these like the top places you should see before you die. Like they've got the list of things. Right. There's one on here that I, Every time I see a picture of it, it just blows my mind, and it's because of how symmetrical it is, I think. It's something that shouldn't be in nature, um, but it, it is, and it, it really it, – it's in Germany. It's in – I'm going to absolutely butcher this name. It's Gablins, Gablins G-A-B-L-E-N-Z is the, the word. Sure. It's called Devil's Bridge, and um, I'll just show you the picture of it. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I know yeah. what's coming. No matter what, no, and no matter no matter what angle, it's always perfect. No matter what angle you look at that bridge, yes, the bridge and the reflection it makes over the water that it spans, it's an exact circle is always perfect a perfect circle. circle. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Um, and I've seen that multiple times in various places, and I've, I've always thought. I would love to go and see that place just to see if if it's if it's if it really is that accurate if it really is that symmetrical. They say it is, and I'd love to go visit and see it myself. Um, Devil's Bridge in G A B L E N Z Germany, um, but yeah, it's it's unreal. Um, the canyon, yeah, and I'm going to say this, Fad, hmm. Yep, fudge. Yeah, it's something in Icelandic, kind of dealing with fjords. Mm-hmm. It's got the FJA with lots of little umlaut looking things above the tops of the letters. Sure. <laughs> um, it's a canyon with a river that runs through it, and it's effectively inland fjords. It looks beautiful. Um, there's just so many places that are out there on this planet. Um, Mount Remoria in Venezuela, if you've never seen that, it looks literally like a mountain floating on the clouds. It looks like yep, something out of like... It also looks upside down. It, it does. It, <laughs> it does. It looks like something out of Final Fantasy or something. Yeah. It's unreal. Um, of course, Antelope Canyon in the U.S., this is the one that they use in the movies a lot where the, the guys are always in between the in the canyon where they're, they're being chased um, on horseback and they get lost in there and it's echoing everywhere. You see them in the westerns and stuff. Um, it's always real colorful and beautiful. But there's just so many places that if you just get out and, and explore this rock, there are so many places on it that is absolutely gorgeous. 
right now. Um, so yeah, yeah. So now a while back, you were telling me these stories about these two places. <clears throat> yeah, we sat and discussed this one. Now, and didn't uh, we? yeah, yeah, we did. And there's no transition. Sorry, we're just jumping. It's so, okay. So uh, a, a while back, you were telling me a story about these two places, and it really stuck with me. And so you did the uh, research. <laughs> I, I, I read into both of these different places, and it's crazy. So we're we're going to move away from talking about like pretty things that you have to look at because this is an audio medium and that's kind of hard to do. Right. So now we're going to talk about just some fascinating stories about places that actually exist. Right. And what happened to make it an interesting story. So there's two of these. Uh, which one would you like to talk about? Let me have the lake. Okay. You want to go first? You want me no, to go first? It don't matter. It doesn't matter. How, how, however you want the, the okay. marching order well, you, to be, we'll be fine. Well, you were just talking about the Yucatan, so okay. I'll talk about this other place. So the place I want to talk about is this place called Centralia, Pennsylvania. Um, now, it's it's kind of in, it's in Columbia County in Pennsylvania. It's basically now a ghost town. Uh, there are... Uh, as of 2012, I think there were seven residents or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's not many people left there. Um, but what makes this little town worth talking about? Well, in, uh, it's been around since 1793, roughly. Um, and early on people discovered that this area of Pennsylvania had pretty significant amounts of coal deposits. Right. Which, you know, was a big deal back then. That steam, steam powered, coal powered, everything. Well, not then. In the 1800s, later on. But anyway, so eventually they start mining in the mid 1800s. <clears throat> uh, they start mining the coal in the area. And that's pretty much what the major industry was in this vicinity for a, a long, long, long time was coal and coal mines. Right. Uh, why is that significant? Well, that really in itself is not terribly significant, but what is significant is now you're going to think I'm lying to you here. Well, <laughs> you're not cause you told me the story, but people out there may think I'm lying to you since May of 1962, the ground underneath this entire town has been on fire. Yep. It has literally been sitting and smoldering. Yes. For over let's see, 2019, I'm terrible at math, 57 years. Yeah. Almost 60 years. It's still on fire, folks. Uh, yep. There is some argument about specifically what started the fire. Uh, some people claim that it began with an attempt to clean up the local town landfill. Uh, the borough council had hired members from the volunteer fire department to clean up the landfill, uh, which was near an abandoned strip mine. Uh, they had done this Previously, in many different years, they the, this is the method they would go into the landfill and burn out all the stuff that wouldn't uh, yeah. decay. 
Yeah. Basically. I guess I the word. Yeah. But they would go in and burn everything else that wasn't natural enough to decay on its own. And they've been doing this for years. The problem is, unlike in all the previous years, these guys did not successfully extinguish the fire when they were done. So it's been sitting in smoke. And there was an unsealed opening in the nearby abandoned strip mine pit that allowed the fire to go into the coal mine and start this smoldering process. Uh, Now, that's one theory. The other theory states that the fire had actually begun the day before the firemen were sent out to clean out the landfill because uh, a trash hauler had dumped hot ash or coal from their coal burners into an open trash pit because some people say that a borough council meeting uh, the the minutes from the meeting on the day before referred to two fires that had occurred at the dump and that the firefighters had submitted bills to the council for fighting the fire near the landfill area. Okay. The borough itself was responsible to install fire-resistant clay barriers between each layer of the landfill, but they had fallen behind schedule, which left the barrier layer incomplete. And that's what they say is what allowed the coals to penetrate, or the hot coals to penetrate into the mine beneath and start the subterranean fire. So, I mean, there's a couple of different things that they're saying. Could have, that Some people blame the firefighters that were supposed to clean it out, that they didn't properly extinguish the fire when they were done. Other people say it was a trash hauler that dumped hot coals, and it was the city council's fault for not having properly installed the clay barriers that were supposed right. to be there. So, anyway, regardless, uh, this, this thing was on fire in 1962. Now... The crazy part about this is no one knew it. Not a single person knew. You got to think this thing was happening underground. This is not something that you're going to see like any kind of there's no there was no there was no real evidence that anything was wrong for quite some time. Well, but I mean, you had to like if it's on fire where what's the what's the saying where there's smoke, there's fire. True. Well, I guess that's backwards. That's a fallacy. Never mind. Logical fallacy. If there's fire, there doesn't necessarily have to be smoke, I guess. But right, you but would think heat. there would be some evidence somewhere <laughs> that there was a fire. Well, okay, so think about it this way. Anytime that, that you have some sort of a uh, underground um, thermal, you know, something that's going on, we don't necessarily know where those all are. Right, but a and lot of that's... And it can just pop. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of that's not So some of it can be fire. hidden. You know what I'm oh, saying? Okay, okay. Well, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so... 17 years later, in 1979, was the first time anybody ever became aware that there was a problem in this town. Right. What happened 17 years later? This guy that owned a gas station, who also happened to be the mayor at the time, named John Coddington, put a dipstick into one of his gas tanks to measure how much gas he had in his tank. Right. When he pulled it back out, (laughs) He thought, wow, that's weird. My dipstick's hot. Uh, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> that's uh, that's a little crazy. 
Yeah, maybe I should investigate this. So he tied a thermometer on the bottom of his dipstick and stuck it back down in the tank again. Left it sit there for a minute, pulled it back out. Hot again. His gas was 172 degrees. Uh, yeah, we're talking a few more degrees and we're talking flashpoint. Well, I mean, if it was water, it would have been boiling in another 40 degrees. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the fire had been raging long enough that an underground gas tank had reached the temperature of 172 degrees. Slowly, the state of Pennsylvania began to uh, draw attention to this when it culminated in 1981 when a 12-year-old boy fell into a sinkhole that suddenly opened up in his backyard Uh his cousin was fortunately nearby and was able to pull him back out and save his life. They noticed that there was some steam coming out of the hole. They called in some state investigators. They measured that and found that this, the, the gases coming out of the hole contained a lethal level of carbon monoxide. Gosh. It's crazy. <laughs> By this time, there were now physical and visible evidence of the fire. And, and the residents of the of Centralia had, were very contentious about whether or not the fire posed a direct threat. So you got people that live there that are like, oh, it's no big deal. It's been going on since 1962. And you got other people going, oh, like sinkholes are opening up. There's lethal doses of carbon monoxide seeping up from the ground. It's effectively made this ent- entire town inhabitable because of... Uh, basically, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just it's crazy. Uh, in 1983, uh, the United States Congress allocated f- over $42 million to help relocate residents of the town. Uh, most people accepted the money and moved... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. In 92, the governor of Pennsylvania at the time, Bob Casey, invoked eminent domain on all of the property in the area. He condemned all of the buildings within it. Uh, the, the, the remaining residents tried to go to court and fight this. Their, their action failed. In 2002, the USPS discontinued the zip code for the area. In 2009, the governor at, at that time, Ed Rendell, began formal eviction of anyone left in the town. <clears throat> uh, and yeah, I can't remember where the number was, but somewhere in the early 2000s, there were seven people left in the town. And when they they have they have somehow fought to remain to retain the rights to their properties but when those people die the the state has officially said that given a domain yeah. the land is ours it will not be inhabitable past that point wow so i mean this is still 2000 you know from 1962 to 2009 and they're still going to legal battles trying to fight <coughs> i mean you know, we've had a little bit of rain and sinkholes are opening up here and I'm like <laughs> nervous. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't imagine knowing that some that the entire ground underneath my town is smoldering I mean, and, got, and burning it's away. It's on fire. <laughs> it's you know, as the coal burns, it's going to eat. You know, there goes the support for the ground. Right. Things are going to collapse. You've got lethal gas seeping up from the fire. Which I mean, everybody knows you yeah. can't burn coal in the house; like it'll yeah. kill you. You got uh, sinkholes. You got the fire itself. Like I mean, just it's 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 like I don't understand why people would want to stay here. Like, why <laughs> would you want to live you. in a place that's on fire? I have no idea. And I don't mean like you know Paris Hilton. That's hot. No, I mean like <laughs> like literally burning, <laughs> literally burning. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't know. It's crazy. That is, that's one of those places that is absolutely nuts that anybody is still there. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So here, here's the number, uh, estimate in 2013 where that there were seven residents left, uh, and five households. None of them had any children under the age of 18. Uh, two of them were married couples and one was a single female. So, yeah, it's just weird. Wow. You know, Pennsylvania has some strange things that, that kind of just happen up there and things that have happened, you know. Um, this is completely and totally off the subject of of the burning um, mountainside, but the Allegheny Mountains and that, ra- that mountain range where all of this coal and all that kind of stuff is, there's some strange stuff that has happened there. Um one of the footnotes here says that uh, the screenwriter Roger Avery researched this town to help with his screenplay for the Silent Hill movie yeah. adaptation. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, right there, it should tell you there's there's some weird <laughs> stuff. Um, just, I mean, we're talking a stone's throw away from the from Centralia, Pennsylvania. There was back in the 1800s, um, 1856, actually. Um, there was two little boys that went missing and they're, they're known as the lost children of the Alleghenies. Um, Alison Krauss, um, there, there was a song that was done by about them. And it's the strange thing is that there, there was a, an old man that kind of lived. He was, I don't want to say he was kind of like the crazy guy of the town, but people didn't necessarily take a whole lot of stock in what he said. Um, right. and he had these weird dreams about where these boys were and led the party, the search party, straight to them from the clues that was in his dreams called Jacob's Dream. Um, these little boys were seven and five, and of course they had already they had already passed away um, from exposure to the elements. But yeah, it was it's crazy. It, the The song is called Jacob's Dream, and it's it's it, it's haunting, hmm. haunting to say the least. Um, but it's there's an actual real story that's that's behind the song and. Uh, I don't know Pennsylvania. the The mountains of Pennsylvania is a, it's not some place that I would want to necessarily wander around. I mean, you may fall into a sinkhole that's burning, or <laughs> the, yeah. the spirits well, of these I mean, little boys that's, come and get that's you. That's what gets me. That's what gets me about this story about Centralia is just since 1979, people have known that there is a raging underground fire that's emitting lethal gas, and people still want to live there. That's what boggles my mind, really, is just the fact that the people that there are people who are like, no, this is fine. It's it's the webcomic with the dog. No, this is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> As no. he sits there and melts. I yeah. mean, it's just yeah. This this is not one of those places you want to be. No, exactly. <laughs> 
All right, so are you ready for the lake? Yeah, let's hear about this lake. Maybe they need to move the lake to the coal fire. You know what? That might help. (laughs) That'd be be heck of a move, though. All right, so this took place... um, This is one of those weird things. It took place in Louisiana. Um, It was a lake. It's called Lake Pinier. Um, It is a lake located... um, about 1.2 miles north of Del Combre and 9.1 miles uh, west of New Iberia and in in, um, in Louisiana. Now, there was really nothing significant about this lake. It was just a, a, a pretty little place that people would go fishing. Maximum depth, depth of it was right around um, 200 feet at its deepest point. Unless oh, now. Oh, that's now. Okay, yeah. so it was about a ten foot, ten foot deep freshwater bottle body of water. Right. Um, this was a place where people would sport fish and all this kind of stuff. And like on November twentieth, that morning, everybody woke up. Everything was all good. There was a procedure in the lake that was planned. They were going to go in and do a little bit of, of of work. And that evening, when they went to bed, everyone's life around that lake had changed drastically. Yep. So. On November 20th in 1980, the structure of this lake completely changed because of a drilling disaster. Um, it was a Thursday. An oil rig contracted by Texaco had act- had gone out and um, they were supposed to just drill down into a specific spot with a 14-inch drill. And they must have gotten themselves off track somewhere. They basically got themselves in above a spot that they shouldn't have been. And when that 14-inch drill made its plunge into the bottom of the lake, what it did was plunged into the roof of a salt mine that was located under the lake. Now, when this happened, um, there were 55 miners in the salt mine. The 14-inch hole that was punched by this drill when the drill I guess bit came back out. At that point, we now have a hole in the ceiling of this on the third tier, third tier down of this salt mine. And water started rushing in. Now, we all have had basic science. We know what happens when salt and water mix. It it dissolves, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this fresh water starts uh, flooding into the mine. And as it does, it starts eating away at the mine itself and the hole grows exponentially all 55 miners that were in the mine saw this impending doom that was coming for them and hightailed it out of there and luckily were able to escape there was a fisherman on the lake itself in a small boat that was able to navigate his boat to shore and get out of the water before the terrible stuffs really started happening. Now, unfortunately, there were three dogs somewhere in the mix of all of this, and they perished. That's the report, anyway. So mm-hmm. this this um, drill, whenever it, it it entered the mine, it started a chain of reaction of events that took the the lake from a freshwater to a saltwater <laughs> lake with a really, 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 really now deep hole in the middle of it. 
that's where the 200 foot depth hole is yeah, now. Well, now there, so a part of the reason for that is the, it had been a functioning salt mine under this lake since 1919. Yeah. Since the early 1900s. Yeah. 1919 so is when the salt mine, there's opened. 70 years worth of excavation under the lake that these guys tapped into. Right now there's, there's numbers here that just fascinate me though. <sighs> I got through out here. It once, once the drill bit popped the hole, uh huh. It took three hours for the lake to drain three and a half billion, with a B, three and a half billion gallons of water. Right. Can, so uh, that is, the, the hole, that 14-inch hole didn't stay 14 inches for oh, more no, than no, no, about no. a half a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it actually opened, I, I, I don't see the, uh, the number here anywhere, but it's the either. largest diameter man-made vortex ever created. Right. It's it's insane. Okay, so it says the resulting whirlpool here sucked in the drilling platform that had punched the hole. Eleven barges that were in the lake, trees, and sixty-five acres of surrounding terrain all ended up in this hole. Now, so much water drained into this thing that um, the flow of the water that typically went out of the lake and emptied into Del Cambre Canal. It actually reversed flow. And when that happened, the brackish, salty water from the canal and from Vermilion Bay actually was sucked back into this um, this lake, effectively changing its, its ecology completely. It went from a saltwater lake to a brackish lake, which is kind fresh of a mix, mix between salt and fresh. It's not right. like salty as the ocean, but it's not fresh water anymore. So... It also, when this happened, the flow backward happened, and that much water had been effectively the bottom had fallen out from under it. It created for um, for a few days the tallest waterfall in the state of Louisiana. It was 164 feet high um, as the lake refilled with this salty water that was coming back in from the bay. Now that morning, well, like I said, they woke up. Everything was good to go. That evening, they went to to sleep with the roar of a waterfall just down the road from them. Um, so when it refilled with salty water from the canal and the bay, uh, the air that was displaced in the mine from all of this water now filling it created four hundred foot geysers in the elevator shaft. Where the wa- where the water came back into the and, and and shot up because of the pressures, so not only do you have this a massive sinkhole vortex whirlpool that's sucking barges and trees and and acres of land and everything around it in, but you also down the road have a four hundred foot like geyser of water that's just continuously spewing. Until the pressures eventually regulated, and it was, and it basically was, you know, stopped. Um, the strange thing is, no one was harmed in this. In this, nobody got hurt. Yeah, there at was. All. There were fifty-five, right? Fifty-five yeah, people 55 underground yep. in the salt mine. They all got out, and they all were able to get out before the the mine totally flooded. Yeah. Another thing that blew my mind that I read about this: uh, there was a barge, or no, not a barge. I'm sorry, a tugboat. In the canal when it started going, oh, yeah, and the tug tried its hardest to go out to sea, couldn't do it. But it, it was, was sucked the, back in. The water was going so fast into the lake that the tug couldn't get away. It's just called a current. Yeah, but the guys there, there were people on the boat, like they were trying to drive it out, 
but it was sucking the boat back towards the vortex. They were all the people on the tug though were able to jump off onto shore. Like they just jumped straight off to shore, but they right. they had to abandon the boat and watch it go down the hole. Oh <laughs> like, my lord! I was just like, oh my gosh, man. Okay, so here's something that just blew my mind. So this is talking. We're days after this disaster. So at days after this thing, and once all the pressures equalized, and and we now have this 200 foot like hole in the lake, and mm-hmm. it's now back to lake level. You know, of the 11 like barges. Nine right. of them resurfaced. They popped back <laughs> up like bobbers and were refloated on the lake's surface. Surface, So they didn't lose everything. <laughs> no, that's good. Guess. They got their boat. They, <laughs> they got their bu- The barges the are boat, probably but, empty now. But. Uh, absolutely. So um, Texaco, after this was all said and done, they ended up having to play, uh, to pay out a couple of different play, uh, people. They they played, uh, paid these guys, the Wilson brothers, uh, says they paid $32 million to Diamond Crystal, which was the salt company, and to a nearby plant nursery, Live Oak Gardens. These were both out-of-court settlements that they that they were able to um, basically, I guess, give them some money so that way they wouldn't continue to sue because right. obviously obviously livelihoods were, were ruined there. Um, the, fi- the mine, says, though, was finally closed in December of 1986. I'm, I'm assuming that they were able to get back into parts of it that hadn't flooded Probably. for a, a couple of years afterwards. Um, or they then, were just fighting it until they got their money from Texaco. True, true. Now, this was something that I hadn't, I didn't know until I did a little bit more research on it. Though, the, the, it says uh, since 1994, AGL Resources has used Lake Pinure's underlying salt dome as a storage and hub facility for pressurized natural gas. So there's evidently a bubble of natural gas somewhere underneath there. Um, and well, that, to me, the, that makes it sound like they're just storing tanks of gas. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. But now here's just the the common concern um, from local residents: this is the the safety of storing gas <clears throat> under the lake is you know far outweighs any benefit, huh. especially with n- nearby drilling operations still going on. Um, the lake has now become salty, and right. it had completely changed the ecosystem in it. Yeah. And um, today, if you go to Lake Pinure, you can go and and take your boat out there on this now salty, brackish lake that has got a huge, and, like, deep hole in the middle of it. And in two days, it went from roughly a 10 to 11 foot deep, on average, lake to now being a freshwater lake yep. to now being a 1,300 foot deep, brackish lake. Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> So that's how Unreal. that's how that's how deep those mines were, though. I just can't. I mean, I can't imagine. It's just unreal. So, yeah. And for anybody that wants to watch this happen, you can see it. There's video. <laughs> there was someone. There were a few people, evidently, that had video cameras close by this lake as this tragedy took place. And in the video, you can literally watch trees being sucked into these holes. You can watch boats go down into this hole. And like the whole lake, it's just like it's it's a vortex. It's just this big swirl and everything being sucked down in. So uh, just do a quick search. They're typically the videos are anywhere between six and 12 minutes long there. And it has interviews with people that live close by. Um, there's even one, I, I, I want to say there's one home that's the, that was right there. And when the earth shifted 
into the lake. Like now their chimney is uh, up is sticking up out of the water. That's all that's left of one of the homes. It's just it's it's crazy, crazy. These places are. I'm telling you, like I said, our old rock has got some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful places on it. And then there are some weird stuff that goes on here, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you got you got one 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 place where an entire lake disappeared underground and you got another place where underground has been on fire for almost 60 years. <laughs> almost 60 years. Yeah. I'm telling it's you. Ridiculous. I know. I don't know. I, 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 these are places that I think it would be interesting to go visit, though. Um, and these would be places that would not necessarily be as dangerous as some of the places that you would go to visit. I'm sure like Centralia, y- you would want to take some precaution. I don't think I'd want to go there. I, but Lake Panure, I might go see. But I, Have you seen? I, I, there was one video, one, um, I don't know, I can't remember if it was a video or if it was just pictures that I saw of some of the blacktop roads in Centralia that are actually kind of bubbling up the, the tar yeah, is, people is graffitiing on them. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And it was, it's, it, that was kind of a weird thing, but, um, but then there are some other places like, I mean, I always, for some reason, anytime I think of weird, strange places on this planet that I would, that, that would be an interesting place to see Chernobyl for me, I would love to go and just walk the town of Chernobyl, but I want to do it in a radiation suit because I don't want to get like, come out like, you know, with an extra arm or anything. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, but the way the town was evacuated so quick and everybody just, it's, it's just a ghost town and it's left the way it was. Well, there's a, there's a really cool game by an indie studio. It looks really cool. It might be trash of a game, but visually it looks really cool. It's called Chernob- Chernobylite yeah. or something like that. And it walks you through. Uh, I don't know what the game is. I just saw like a 15 second little thing but just some of the visuals in the game like the way that they use the lighting and stuff is really cool yeah yeah it looks creepy it looks like a scary game which i don't play so (laughs) yeah you don't do well with zombie zombie games and stuff like that yeah so i i don't know i think that would be one of those places though that i think i would like to see just the few people that i've uh, videos of people i've seen that have gone there and they have to of course take all the precautions to go there it's 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 so I don't know. It's just it's 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 strange. It's just really, really like the whole town has this eeriness that hangs over it simply because it was just abandoned so quickly. You know, yeah. And like it's a old amusement parks and stuff like that. There's one in New Jersey that I'd like to go see. It's that's it, it, they call. I can't remember. They, there, there was a movie. Johnny Knoxville did a movie about it, um, and it, it would it hurt okay. so many people. I, I don't know. There's so many things that's on this rock that I want to see. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if you've got a, a place that just sounds creepy, cool, it's got a cool backstory to it, uh, drop us a message. Uh, we're moving uh, our Facebook page to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash two minds podcast uh, because of some feedback we've gotten from people that the old page, sometimes they wouldn't be noticed. Uh, they wouldn't get the notifications when we would post our new stuff. Yeah. So I had talked to a few other people and have heard that the group thing is a little better uh, for that. So that the people that people that want to follow us can get more reliably get the notifications. So effectively it's just like inserted groups in between the facebook.com and the two minds podcast with, with the forward slashes in between facebook.com slash groups slash two minds podcast. That's going to be, Moving forward, if you want to hit like and follow on that that yeah. group page, uh, it should 
make it easier for you to get the notifications if you want. Sounds uh, good. So, or, you know, hit us up on there and tell us, you know, like I said, if you got a cool, crazy, weird story with a, a place that's got a weird backstory to it. Let or us if you've been to one of these these places that we're talking about, I'd love to hear stories. Yeah, We'd all cool. love to hear stories yeah. about that or pictures or anything like that. That would be awesome. Yeah. If you've been to any of these places or any cool places that you've been that you've taken pictures of, share yeah, them with us if you don't there. mind. Yeah. Put yeah them we'd love to see them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll throw credit to you, no doubt. So, um, or you know, shoot us a, a message. Uh, we are still on Twitter, um, regardless of its political implications. <laughs> at right. Two Minds Podcast, uh, or you can email us anything you want at Two Minds Podcast at gmail dot com. Right, and you can find this episode um, on our hosting site, Podbean. Um, which uh, you can find us at twominds.podbean.com, or you can find us and all of our past episodes on the Spotify. Just search for, quote, Two Minds Podcast, or I think you can even you even put our names in, Jason or Jeremy, right? Clay- yeah, Jason Claywell or Jeremy Hamm will yep. also pull them up. Yep. I think if I had, you do Two Minds Podcast, it has to be in quotes. Yep. Yeah, I actually had a, 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 one of my coworkers that said that they, they were like, well, I want to find your your podcast and they they were on spotify and i think they put my name in and that yep. pulled it up so it should, it'll pull up by either of our names but if you want to look for the title of the podcast you have to do it in quotes yep two minds podcast yeah yeah so awesome um so places around here even i think there's some of those that like i've never been to short creek and that everybody's around here from what i gather has been to short creek and i've i don't I even know where it's at but i've seen i don't know what's up around silence i thought it was like that toward shop Oh, maybe that